0: Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, free diving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature.
1: Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in.
0: Here at Save the Mermaids Podcast, we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support. And one that we absolutely love is Nudiewear.
1: I met the owners Christy and Ryan at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. They're a local, sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife-inspired patterns such as the Mandarin Fish, Nudie Bronx, and Whale Sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation
0: efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets.
1: Go to our website www.mermaidconservation.com and use the code SAVETHE-MERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. And if you're on the island
0: of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there!
1: And now for our happy environmental news. Guess who we got this from? <gasps> was it, only one? it was only one? Only one source of news. Right, seriously though. Mm-hmm.
0: They are literally
1: our only source of news. They, they're just happy and nobody else is. So, only one shirts. We really should. I don't know if they even sell them. <laughs> we'll
0: okay, so, um, according to Only One, Mexico has announced 13 new protected areas as of uh, mid-August. So, Mexico will establish six new national parks and seven protected areas covering 17,918 hectares. Wow. I know. That's a lot. That's a lot. Cool. Good for them. It goes across areas like Baja California, Baja California Sur, Quintana Roo, Sinaloa, Oaxaca, and Guerrero. Nice. This brings Mexico to 200 federally protected zones with plans to add three more soon.
1: Wow. Get in Mexico. it in Mexico. I love that. Hey, viva Mexico. Well, we're going to travel to the other side of the world today because (laughs) these are, this month we were going to do our friend's favorite fins. (laughs) I thought of that. I'm so clever. I've been waiting to tell you.
0: <laughs> so,
1: cool. so we asked a couple of our previous podcast guests what their favorite animals are, and we wanted to research to get some ideas. So this one is Brandy, the Vero Beach mermaid. She said that her favorite little fin buddy is a green-spotted puffer fish.
0: You know what's cool about this too is she got right
1: back to me with this answer. I <laughs> love that. Like she didn't even have to think. No, she knew
0: exactly what she wanted us. <laughs> to. And I also
1: love that it wasn't just like turtle, dolphin, you know what I mean? It was one that we clearly haven't covered before that's also a really adorable fish. Yay, oh, I'm so excited. They're so cute. Okay, so let's get into it. Um one thing was I had a really hard time researching this specific animal because they're easily kept in captivity. So everything I researched was like Everything that popped up was how to care for a green-spotted pufferfish. Not necessarily. There's not a lot of people studying them in the wild. It's just their happiness in captivity. Right. We I ran into that a lot with the axolotl episode. It's the same yeah. idea. Yeah. Where, like, they're kept in captivity, so people just think about how to care for them. Right. Which, obviously, it's good that they're caring for them, but their wild behavior isn't really well known.
0: No, not at all. And yeah. it's very different from captivity behavior.
1: Yeah, exactly. A uh, really fun fact that if they are in captivity, they're known to be very friendly and they bond with their owners.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, I love things that bond with their
1: owners. They get excited when you come home. They also get excited around feeding time. So when you come home, they'll do like little, they, they're they puffer fish. So they'll swim more helicoptery. They can go up and down side to side. So they'll literally be like a little elevator, like woo. Oh, side side up and down like mom's home i, love this so much. I know I love so they have a white belly and a green back with black spots big eyes and a little tiny mouth mm. they are found commonly in southeast asian countries including indonesia indochina malaysia and the philippines uh they love coastal areas they can do freshwater rivers as well as other shallow areas and in the sea so brackish water. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, they're one of the few ocean fish that can survive both salt water and fresh water. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so kind of like ever- a bull shark. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, right? Uh, these fish have no pelvic fins, and instead they use their pectoral fins to maneuver, allowing it to swim forward and backward. Like I said, with lots of energy, so they're more helicoptery rather than just a traditional like swooshing of a fish that's so neat yeah so get yourself a little puffer fish when you come home he'll be excited oh my gosh don't we know somebody who has one of those um i don't think so oh okay you're probably thinking of hillary she has the green the yellow box fish that's what i was thinking and it's kind of a similar personality type of fish Uh yeah frank yeah it seems like it yeah yeah, yeah. um the thing though if you are gonna have one in captivity they live for 10 to 15 years (gasps) So it's a commitment. It's like a dog.
0: It's exactly like a dog.
1: You think fish to be like maybe 5 at the most, yeah. like a hamster. No, it's 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 pay attention.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, don't go out and get one today, everybody. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do your research. Do your research. Um they are nocturnal and they spend the day hiding in caves or under mangrove roots, only emerging to hunt at night. In the evening, they'll form small schools and swim in shallow waters looking for crustaceans, which make up the majority of their diet. They also eat snails, mollusks, and plant material. Um, in the wild, the green-spotted pufferfish grow about three to four inches. That's seven to ten centimeters in length. So, like, your finger. They're so cute. <laughs> I know. Um, although, in captivity, they can reach over six inches. So, they, you know, have the space and the safety to grow a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, half a foot. Little green spotted puffer baby. Oh my gosh, so
0: cute. Doing his little helicopter dance. Yeah,
1: every time you come home and you feed him. Uh, They can inflate themselves with water or air when threatened by predators because they're a puffer fish. Um, It makes them appear much bigger than they actually are. But again, if you have one in captivity and it's puffing, that's a really bad sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, never eat one. Never eat anything cute. But also, (laughs) that's Blake's PSA um but don't eat these guys because they're a puffer fish and they have tetradoxin so that's why you everybody in the ocean that chomps on a puffer fish usually gets really sick uh just they're too cute they're too cute yeah also the females tend to be larger than the males so same as sharks isn't that funny it's
0: so it's so
1: interesting how
0: many animals have that.
1: The females are bigger. Yeah. It makes sense biologically because we're carrying other life. Like the men aren't doing much. What do they have to carry? Sperm. Seriously.
0: But why are
1: human men bigger? Than like humans? why are we normally attracted to like a size up of yeah. you? I don't know. I feel like humans it's just I don't know. Humans are weird. Humans are weird. Doesn't make sense. Nope. Um, at the time of spawning flat rocks provide a potential surface for them to lay their eggs on uh, but the cool thing is so the female will go up lay those eggs and then the male will fertilize and guard them
0: yay oh
1: good yeah so he is the babysitter it's super fast their eggs hatch after seven days Whoa. so he doesn't have to Babysit very long.
0: It's not a commitment. It's a
1: vacation. That. I know, right? <laughs> you think like a seahorse dad or something. Right. <laughs> Somebody who's really going to be there. Yeah. You know. Um. Oh, I lied. Okay. So they do hatch after seven days, but the fry is moved into like a little pit or a cave where the male continues to guard them as they grow, Oh, which is super rare. Usually whenever we see a fish protecting a baby, once they're out, they're done. Yeah. That's why I assumed, but I wrote these notes a really long time ago. (laughs) I do that where I'm like, what am I talking about? Yeah.
0: I think it's interesting that the babies go into a more protected area and then he keeps protecting like usually it's like okay you're good you're in this cave
1: okay, yeah fine. rather than having the babies on the flat the eggs on the flat rocks and then putting the fries I love that a baby fish is called a fry uh true. putting them inside of a protected area yeah so what's the mom doing during all this oh is she's she out gone? yeah oh, she just drops them in and bales <laughs> um okay so also there's a bunch of these different ones there's a white spotted puffer fish which I had to talk about because these guys are famous um a lot of people when they say that green spotted pufferfish are their favorite animals they associate this behavior when it's a really close it's like they're cousins so it's the white spotted pufferfish they're known for their unique and complex courtship displays which involve creating large geometric circles in the sand have you seen these yes yeah, yes it's put on a lot of different ocean documentaries and stuff okay. so they look pretty much exactly the same except for one's white and one's green um <laughs> But these geometric circles are constructed in an effort to attract females for copulation. So he's like, hey, girl, look at how beautiful of a gardener I am. Um, I'm an artist. They kind of
0: are, though. They really are. They're beautiful. They're like mandalas in the sand. It is. It
1: it looks just like a mandala. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Males must maintain their circles in order to attract a mate too. So he doesn't just like make it and then leave.
0: Show me you can take care of something. Exactly.
1: Um, A female will evaluate the structure and choose to mate with the males only after evaluation and the completion of other mating behaviors, like a little dance and stuff. But she'll literally go from structure to structure of a bunch of these dudes and be like, "Mm, that's the prettiest mandala. I'm going to stick with that guy. I'm obsessed, but this is the
0: white one. The
1: white one. Yeah. Oh. So this is really rare. But they're honestly, they're the exact same fish as everyone's a different color, is what it looks like.
0: Yeah. I love this so
1: much. I would freak
0: out if I came across one of those circles. I know.
1: I'd be aliens. Aliens. I think
0: everything's aliens.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so this I wrote in my notes seems shady. Uh bring it on. <laughs> so it says that they are of least concern, but I'm not sure I believe it as this was only stated on a few zoos' websites and they're not listed on the IUCN. There's no information about a green spotted pufferfish on the IUCN. So almost all in the aquarium trade are wild caught from Southeast Asia. So this could be why They're difficult to breed in captivity because they prefer rivers to spawn in, but as adults, they prefer the ocean. So it's a difficult animal to take care of because they want two different environments. And the fact that the IUCN, I don't know, Blake is a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. I can't really help myself. But the fact that the IUCN hasn't evaluated anything, the fact that a lot, the majority of these are taken from third world countries that we know have a lot of issues in terms of, they're not going to be protecting their animals because they need the money, especially how much more a US dollar is worth in Southeast Asia compared to America. Yeah. Um, There are a few aquariums who are actually breeding them, aquarists who are breeding them and selling them. So if you do want one of these guys, do your research and do not get a wild caught one. Um, But again, people might lie. (laughs) So you you don't really know. But just the fact that it said, oh, every zoo and a lot of these like shady zoos that weren't even part of like the association of zoos and aquariums said, oh yeah, they're least concerned. Like, (laughs) don't worry about it. It's like yeah, that's,
0: that's a lot of layers. Exactly.
1: There. So I didn't really I, I tried to go deeper, but there was not a lot of information except for how hard they are to get in captivity to breed because they love to breed in freshwater, but then they want to move to salt water. And you can't it's difficult to create that environment in captivity. In
0: captivity. And I'm sure it's very, very hard to track like hard to track yeah. in a place where it's a little sketchy. Exactly. I mean, you know, Victorian there's just traits. a bunch
1: of dudes out there with nets scooping them up to make money for their families. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So oh, no, no, no. it's layered. It's It reminded me a lot of like shark finning yeah. research because we see that where the guys are making a bunch of money doing this and you can't even get somebody to change their career to protect, you know, the green spotted puffer fish because they have no other options right. in, in that area of the world. So- mm-hmm. Yeah, if anybody wants any scientists listening or non-scientists, go protect the green-spotted pufferfish, even if it says online that they're not of concern because I don't believe it.
0: Because it's a little concerning.
1: It's a little concerning that they're not of concern because they're a shallow coastal fish. And we know that our coasts are struggling right now because we do nudibranch studies, we do shrimp studies, and we see that all these populations are lowering, let alone taking like 80% of them out of their natural environment for the aquarium trade. So how do they make, they can't even find a mate because there's not nearly as many as there used to be. No,
0: no. So like we said, do your if you really want one of these, which I kind of do. Yeah, so I you know, want, I do, do too. Research, right. Time.
1: Do your research and try to find one that has been captive bred. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and make yeah. sure you can take care of it and you're willing to commit 15 years. To it. 15 years is a long and happy life for a green spotted puffer.
0: Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community.
1: This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world.
0: Until next time, Mermaids!